here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. You know, we, uh, we had some feedback from our last show. Okay. Episode 94. More than one person told me or spoke to others and said that I was a little rude to you. Cutting you off, not letting you get picks in, forgetting your your existence, really. Jeff Hawkins. I'm being trolled. Hold right on, now, Jeff, Jeff, wait. <laughs> wait, I have breaking news coming into the news desk here. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Daniel, have you ever seen a ghost? Uh. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shake Them Ropes Live. Shake Them Ropes number 146, Jeff Hawkins. It is WWE Payback. We have quite the show to talk about. Jeff, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing uh, I'm doing quite well. I want to thank everyone who's watching on the live stream at YouTube and VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR. Thank you for joining us on this show. Sorry for the little bit of a late start as we get our uh, production uh, tied together. Once the main event of this show, Jeff, started at like 11.20 or 10.20 Eastern time, I thought this show was going to be an early show. Like it might end, you know, 15 minutes before, 20 minutes before. Uh, totally not the case. It went pretty much the whole time. But uh, Jeff, I'm uh, happy to be here on Payback with you. No, once it started, once the uh, there was only one match left at the top of the hour, I thought we were getting an hour long type of thing. And then we got the 20 minute expository promo by Team McMahon. So we did get a long uh, promo by Team McMahon. Part of that probably had to a little bit to do with uh, what was happening uh, with the the short opening match. We'll get to the Enzo and Big Cass mm. uh, match and the unfortunate injury to Enzo Amore and uh, and see us okay as best as one can see the two of us on this show. For those who are listening on the audio versions, thank you for subscribing via iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, uh, Spreaker. We're on Spreaker now and at Voices of Wrestling. Dot com. Um, we will get through everything on the show. This episode brought to you by VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Amazon and Jeff's Cincinnati Bengals. How was the draft for the Bengals? Let's just get to the wrestling. No, it was actually, good, it, no, it was actually, you know, it was fine, but I don't put much stock in the draft, to be honest with you. I, I wait to see how it pans out. You know, everything else is on spec. So. All right. So uh, not putting a lot of stock into the draft. That's fine. That's, uh, that's certainly something that you can, uh, you can do. Um. Dolph Ziggler, Baron Corbin. Mm-hmm. This is what opened the show. This is the first kickoff match. We ended up having two kickoff matches as they uh, moved this match, Dolph and Baron, to the kickoff show. Uh, we thought that Baron Corbin was going to win this match. But maybe, yes. but also at the same time on our preview show, I, I talked about how they could do the angle where Baron Corbin, you know, slips on a banana peel, Dolph Ziggler, the veteran, blah, blah, blah. I thought it would have ended if Baron Corbin lost with a beatdown of some kind. We both did. Okay, we, we both did. We both, I, I remember you asking me what the percentage was. I said it was 25% that Dolph might win this match. Yeah, I, I, we both kind of were on the same page on this one. Uh, okay. That Dolph could win, but I thought if Dolph won, we would get a beatdown at the end. And Baron Corbin yeah. would set something else up, but that part didn't happen. There were a lot of, uh, you know, if part A happens, part B will happen. That ended up not having part B happen on this show, and this was the first instance of that. 
it was just weird. I thought, you know, I'm thinking maybe he gets now Dolph gets destroyed on Extreme Rules or maybe even on Raw, but to have a loss like this, I realize that's probably why they put it on the pre-show, but it was still, you know, it's still kind of weird for a guy that you're trying to build up to have him lose this soon into his tenure, I guess, before he really is an established presence. It just seemed odd. I don't, I'm not against it necessarily. It's just I just found it, it it did shock me that they let Dolph win. Yeah, it was a it was a little strange in that regard just because yeah, it was you know, what does Dolph Ziggler need to win for? Baron Corbin's your new guy, but uh, I assume this will lead to something. I mean, I think maybe they're still going to do something extreme rules or maybe they just do something on Raw or or something. I don't know because What did you think of Dol- of uh, uh Baron's new gear? Well, <laughs> It, it was quick to give them something new, but uh, it, it's uh, better than, you know, it's better than them getting what the Ascension got. You know, let's yeah. just add face paint for the sake of adding face paint. Mm. So, I mean, in that regard, it's better, right? Eh, it takes away from the biker mistake. I think they, for some reason, somebody probably said, too many too many people wear black in this federation. Someone actually wrote me and said, he looks like a Wyatt brother, and I went, oh, man, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you know, Dolph Ziggler gets the win. Uh, the match that I thought really over-delivered is uh, Callisto and Ryback. I mean, I actually enjoyed the WrestleMania pre-show match. I was just ashamed no one got to see it. And then you have these two, you know, redo the match. Uh, I thought a little bit better here at Extreme Rules. I thought this one, if you were watching this show and debating on whether to watch the pay-per-view, which I don't even know how many of people, you know, how many are out there doing that. But this match really made me pretty excited for the show. I was oh, really I thought I thought it was show. I thought it was much better than the WrestleMania match. Be honest with you, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty darn good, and it and fooled me into thinking Ryback was going to win it too. So I mean, kudos to them. But uh, no, especially the gorilla slam off the second rope that 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 was impressive. Although I thought, you know, me being a little bit more old school, they should have sold that a bit more before going into the Selena Del Sol. But I'm not going to complain. It's one of Ryback's better matches, and Ryback Ryback was in the mood to troll some Chicago people. He was in the mood to control, uh, to, uh, or troll and control in a way. Uh, He did really good at that. I thought Ryback doing the CM Punk entrance really got him behind. I thought Ryback was masterful here. And then he, he did his part. Everyone did their part in this match. Yeah. I thought thought it's the most inspired I've seen Kalisto in a long time. So I'm just trying to get all the audio. Everything's messing me up here because I don't know what's going on. Is it? Uh, I, I don't know if it's messing up per se, but now we got, you know, uh, Rich is asking, Rich is in the voice, uh, Voices of Wrestling chat room here. Uh, Rich Krejci of Voices of Wrestling was live at this show, and he's asking, what did the belt say on the Ryback? Jeff, did you catch the Ryback belt? Because I did. I thought it was hilarious. I did not. What did it say? His weight belt said he is the pre-show stopper. <laughs> Continuing to deliver... On the pre-show, continuing to give a little bit of a dig to the company while still going out there. That's a, that's a, that's a fine line, brother. More power to you. It worked. I mean, he was doing it, but yeah, he was, uh, he was the pre-show, the pre-show stopper, uh, Mm. if you will, on this, on this event. Um, And if he can continue to do that, who knows? I mean, maybe we can get something out of the Ryback after all. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Ryback. I still am. I, I enjoy my Rybackiness. Okay. Okay. That's about what everyone always says. Everyone makes fun of me for enjoying the well, Ryback. Well, what are you going to well, do? You, I like the Ryback. 
you continue to make up words on this show and it, it just my rybackiness well rybackiness and then during this week's shake them ropes it was uh flunkies and lackeys flackies it was flack i invented a word god damn it <laughs> i invented a real word so what are you gonna do i invented a word i'm proud of it i'm proud of that uh i'm proud of this fact and uh we will see what happens in the future here um as i try to get everything going uh on this show i'm yeah, not well, watching i'm not watching you so i don't know what you're doing right i don't know what i'm doing either yeah because i don't have my video for you why would i do that watch this blow see something's not going quite right here because the wrong thing is on the wrong thing and i'm not uh i'm not enjoying that that fact but what do you, i don't know what i'm supposed to do about it i don't know what i'm supposed to do about it so we're just gonna have to keep going along i'm freaking out jeff is what's happening live freak out on the air because of these live shows. I like it. I like doing the live shows. Maybe I put too much work into it. Should I just do these Google Hangouts that all the cool kids are doing these days on these live shows? My brother, my brother called me this week. My brother called me. Oh, I enjoy your shows. They're so professional sounding. You do a great job. And now here I am melting down immediately after that, after that call of support. You melt down on every live show. So it's, I've come to expect you come to expect the live show melting down. Yeah. Yes. What you just said. Yeah. It sounds really good in the one ear because apparently we're just mono only. So that's great. I don't know. I don't even know how to correct that. I honestly have no idea how I'm supposed to correct that. Jeff talked for a second about this opening match. This Enzo. What do you think about this Enzo uh, Amori? Uh, I know people were freaking out. The, the pay-per-view was supposed to open with Enzo Amori. Uh, yeah. And the big cast. The yeah. big cast. Going up against the VOD villains in the opening tag match. Enzo and Cass came out here spitting hot fire uh, for maybe one line too long, uh, which I worry about in the future with them, honestly. I worry about them going too long in their openings. The shorter, the sweeter, the better. Uh, but Enzo and Cass come out, and about three minutes into their match, Enzo suffers an injury when, his, uh, when he's sliding out of the ring. His head hits the middle rope, immediately causing his head to whiplash into the ring canvas. Uh, and he, it's a scary situation. He's laying there prone, uh, just on the floor uh, outside the ring. You know, Cass looks worried. They stop the match immediately and work on him. What were you feeling? What were you thinking uh, when this was going on in the uh, in the ring? Well, uh, before even before that, I want to thank everybody on Twitter who helped me with Hey Arnold references, since I've never watched Hey Arnold before. But apparently, <laughs> uh, Enzo and Cass's promos full uh, the. The spot where it happened, you remember during the pre-show, I said that I thought both these teams would be very, very excited to steal the show. I blame a lot of this on adrenaline, this, what, what happened, because it looked like they had the right idea, but they didn't give themselves enough room for Enzo to slide under there. And, you know, I, a little bit about myself, I was trying out as a walk-on at the University of Virginia for football, and I got concussed pretty bad. Um, and and I don't wish that upon anybody. And when this happened, I just, I, you could see the eyes roll back. So you knew he was out maybe for a flash second, at least. I thought that uh, Gotch pulling him by the hair probably wasn't going to help at that point. But, you know, just feared that I hope I haven't seen another tragedy on a live wrestling show that was my first reaction and then as it went on i mean the good thing and the bad thing about wrestling is that it's worked and that that they'll sometimes try and fool us 
Of course, the way they were talking about and showing it over and over again got people on my timeline thinking, well, maybe this is fake. And I'm like, I, I just don't think that. And then they come out again with, well, Enzo's out of the hospital now. And I'm like, well, I thought it was at least an overnight observation, but he's not going to be traveling for Raw. You're not, you shouldn't be able to see Enzo Amore on Raw tomorrow. If you do, I'm a little worried they're pushing him back a little bit too quick. But overall, I'm just thankful he's okay and moving and that they were fairly upfront honest about yeah. us on his medical condition during the show as opposed to as opposed to not saying anything or as opposed to just kind of playing it up in mm -hmm. some way, they, they, they seem to do this straightforward. So kudos to the WWE on that. No, I'm glad. I'm glad, obviously, that he's uh, he's doing well and doing uh, doing better. Um, yeah, I, I got a I got a message from someone who was there in the building working, uh, you know, at the show uh, about an hour or so before they announced that he was diagnosed with, con with a concussion and was doing these tests. You know, I was told a pretty bad con uh, concussion. He was messed up. And, it, you know, it was unfortunate, but at the same time, considering what could have happened, you know, a, a concussion, yeah. you know, great. Um, discharge from the hospital, I'm not, I'm not too worried about that, just for the aspect of if it was a bad concussion, but he's alert and he's awake. I mean, once the tests are done, I guess you can yeah. just go home, you know? You yeah, well, 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 once the tests are done, you go home and then you have somebody there staying with you. Yeah. Like a family, so keeping an eye on you. Big cast. I, I well, picked... Tonight, you don't cast just what... cradling, you know, Enzo's head, you know, wishing him the best, reading That's him so... some bedtime stories. That's so cute. Like, oh, go, go to sleep. Go to sleep, Leo Enzo. No, but but in all seriousness, you do that in case they there was something undiagnosed that, that happens later, which has happened a number of times to different people who did get concussed. There was, like, later, like, bleeding or something like that. So keep them in your prayers, even though they've discharged him from the hospital. Right. Uh, for those listening on the live stream, I do want to, uh, because we're doing the video and because of all the audio issues, I'm not going to bother taking calls tonight. So uh, thank you for those who are considering calling in to the show, but we are not going to do the calls tonight because I don't want anything else to go wrong, especially for our audio li listeners. I mean, this is an audio podcast first and foremost. And I want to make sure those listening on demand in the audio forms are doing so with pleasure, as much pleasure as can be possible watching and listening to shake them ropes, but I do want to thank those who are here in the show. Uh, yeah, Enzo, hopefully going to be okay, probably going to be out for a week. Now, we had both thought, um, I mean, I thought that the Vaudevillains were going to win this match. Were you on uh -huh. that? Yeah, so we thought the Vaudevillains were going to win this match. So that doesn't, if we look back at the storyline now of the show, it shouldn't throw that off any. I mean, they can do the Vaudevillains getting the title match. You know, you, nah, you didn't win the, the shot. Maybe they have a, a quick little number one contender match tomorrow on Raw with someone else. Uh, but yeah. Enzo and Big Cass are not going to be showing up on Raw tomorrow, obviously. Before we move off of this, let me ask you something. Yeah. How long do you think it is before WWE doctors clear Enzo to come back? If if it's if it's just like a minor concussion of some sort. Do you think that they well, hold him out longer than... Yeah, after, after that, they're going to hold him out until they know he's okay. okay. Like any concussion, they're not just going to be, oh, you know, a week from now, you're good. Yeah, let me let me ask you. Will he? Will they be on the uh, on uh, extreme rules? I don't think so, because okay. their extreme rules spot was going to be what probably against the Dudleys, and now with only three weeks to go, if he's not if he's not cleared for next Monday's Raw, he has one Raw to go before they can do any type of program. I think it's also possible it might have been a four way. It could have been a four way, but although when we get into this intercontinental title situation, that's going to yeah. be a four way. They weren't going to do two four ways, I don't think, on this show. Uh, so let's talk. We we had no match there. 
we get to uh, what many were probably considering their most anticipated match. Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Uh, what I thought, I thought for sure this was going to be the match of the night. And then that main event really came through and, uh, and delivered big time. Uh, but this was a, a hell of a match as we think, uh, you know, I thought we all thought it would be. Uh, Kevin Owens gets the clean win. Was that surprising to you? Yes. Yeah. Very surprising, Don't- especially that clean. Now this is a this is a situation where it was another if A happens B is likely to happen. Although at the end of the day B is not likely to happen. I thought Kevin Owens would win this match and then we would get the rematch at Extreme Rules. Sami Zayn going for revenge. I thought there might have been a weapon in play at this point or something going on. But yeah, no, Kevin thought, Kevin Owens gets I, the clean win at the end of this, and we're mm-hmm. not going to get the Kevin Owens Sami Zayn singles match right away. Although. With SummerSlam just a couple of months away, maybe they are protruding or proactively making sure this match lasts a little bit longer and they can push it all the way out to Brooklyn or maybe reach it down the line. Yeah, maybe. I'm just surprised that they didn't set up a way for Sammy to have some sort of beef coming back after Kevin Owens other than just losing. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's the odd part to me. I, I get the underdog angle and I thought, within the match storyline, I thought that was fantastic the way they did that the whole time. Um, I really don't want to see these guys lumped in there with the Miz again, okay. but that's me. Yeah. I Kevin Owens, same as in the match really good. And the crowd was excited. You know, it, it was a shame that the Enzo situation did happen and the crowd was left for a loop. You know, the last they saw Enzo was motionless getting carried out. So obviously a big portion of the crowd, maybe everyone oh, yeah. there, was still worried about that, so it took a lot for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens to get the crowd back into it. Uh, once they finally did, the crowd was all over it. They were all into this oh, yeah. match, but it did oh, hurt the first this. moments. There were a lot of matches on the show. I mean, Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Miz Cesaro, and even Jericho Dean Ambrose, where the first goings of the match were really slow and kind of the crowd was a little iffy on it, but every match containing you know the super professionals that they are Everyone got the crowd into it in the later stages. Uh, no different for Miz and Cesaro. Miz and Cesaro slow going to the point where, you know, people were tweeting out, you know, Rich, who was there, were tweeting out, you know, things negative on this match. Imagine, imagine thinking this was going to be the sleeper match of the night. And then mm. halfway through, it kicks into gear, and Cesaro and Miz became a really, really good match. You know, not yeah. match of the night level by any means, no. but really entertaining. And it led into... Uh, what we would now see as this four-way program for the Intercontinental title, which makes sense on every level, especially for Owens, because Owens wants to go after titles. Like, he doesn't want to just be trying to fight off Sami Zayn his entire life. He wants to pass over Sami Zayn. And that's why the story was brilliantly done. Oh, and and (laughs) Owens on commentary during the Miz-Cesaro match. My God. Just the number of promos he was cutting on Byron and Cole oh, I know. were fantastic. Oh, and before we leave this, speaking of Miz and Enzo, let's give Ryback a hearty thank you for saving the life of Kalisto during that match on the springboard there where he caught him when he didn't jump far enough away and almost landed face head first on the apron. Good job, Ryback, because if that were Miz, wouldn't have caught him. Yeah, I uh, yeah, no, I, I thought the Miz was really good. Um, I thought the Cesaro situation, you know, Cesaro yeah. was really good, and Chicago gave him a lot of chances because they love Cesaro too. Oh yeah, uh, but this was more than just two matches. This was the entire forty-minute segment of all this piecing together. Kevin mm-hmm. Owens burying Bar- Byron Saxton was great. 
you know, talk about a little bit the trust. Like, we don't see this a lot from new guys coming in the company. Kevin Owens is less than two years into the company, period. Not just developmental into the main roster, but period in the company. And they trust Kevin Owens to go out there and not only do commentary, but push over announcers on the microphone, uh, you know, have free reign, basically. And a lot of stuff he does, they really trust this guy a lot to do a lot. And I wish they would do this more with other characters because you don't see Owens or you don't see a lot of other guys get the freedom that Owens does. Like John Cena gets that freedom and Triple H gets that freedom. Seth Rollins didn't even get this freedom, I don't think. But Kevin Owens no. goes out there and he is just free to let it rip. Well, that's what the program with Cena when he came up did for him. Mm -hmm. It gave him that 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 credibility to Vince that oh, I can send him out there and I'm not going to have to necessarily overscript him or get in his ear all the time. He has a nice feel for what to do once he's out there. Yeah. And and that that's the I think that might be the only thing that gave him this kind of credibility was the fact that that Cena program got him over like gangbusters. It really did. And and that imagine if Owens would have come out here and like first fought the Miz and never had the John Cena series. Mm. Like how different would WWE be right now if Kevin Owens was still struggling to yeah, and get let into me, that let top me, tier. Let me go on to the Miz real quick. Good job from him telling the story about the shoulder, Cesaro's shoulder, and that, that story of that match. I thought that was really well done. If, if not, we've, we've seen it a bit too much, though, of late in the WWE with the shoulder injury because that's what the whole Usos angle with Gallows and Anderson has been about is the injured shoulder and working on that. But I thought Miz, for the most part, was great here. And I like the fact that Owens went after Miz. I like the thought of bad guys not always having honor among thieves and occasionally turning on each other. So I thought the end of that and the whole way they set up the four way was really, really good. And that, just that whole sequence really, really gave this show positive momentum going towards the second half. I thought, right. Because I mean, everything intertwined so brilliantly at the end, because you know, you had Owens going in for the intercontinental title. You had Cesaro still wanting his fair shake because he was distracted out of it. Miz obviously mm -hmm. is in there because he's the champion and Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is a little like the odd man out because he didn't earn an intercontinental title match. You know, he's basically just getting it because he fought Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens beat him and Sami Zayn just came out for a fight and that's his way in. Like, if no, and I, I like that. Yeah, I like that Cesaro attacked both of them as well. That was good. Yeah, no, they're, yeah, because these two pricks just mm -hmm. cost him the intercontinental championship that he was for sure to win. What I did like is Kevin Owens on commentary because he's smart. Oh, yes. He was on commentary talking about how Sami Zayn is better than Cesaro and The Miz. So that adds to his being involved in this situation. You know, mm -hmm. it's it's putting over your opponent to make yourself look better. And that's what few guys do. You want to put over your opponent so when you beat him, you look better. Like, Sami Zayn is so great, but guess what? I beat him. And he also put over Cesaro as being better than The Miz quite a bit. So there's a little bit of that fear factor going in about Cesaro, too. I mean, there there, little, there was a lot of subtext to his commentary in addition to just telling Byron Saxon he sucked <laughs> to go home and you just look good in a suit and stay silent. Mm -hmm. He's been in my tweets, I think. I wish I could look good in a suit and just be silent. Like, I want to be a model from those uh, men's warehouse commercials. I just want to walk down the street in a suit and everyone thinks, oh, that guy's cool, and not say a word. Life would be so much better, Jeff. But instead... You know, just, that's Lucy holding the football for Charlie Brown. I'm not going after that, because you're just going to yank it away from me. I'm going to yank anything away from you. I am, I am a generous man. 
I do the giving. I give you the space on the show to <laughs> continuously tell me where I'm wrong about everything. <laughs> and I'm going to give you the chance here. Oh, okay. To tell me how I'm wrong on Dean Ambrose and Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho may be his best match since coming back in this current run. I thought it was better than every single AJ Styles match, including WrestleMania. Yeah, but that's not a high bar. It wasn't. It wasn't. It, Chris Jericho is this weird guy. Uh, you know, uh, Rich and I were were talking very briefly. Um, oh, no, I saw this, and I, I yeah. chimed as well. Okay. Yeah, so, I mean, Chris Jericho, he, he seems like he wants to go in, and he seems like a guy who's still trying to prove that he's one of the greatest in-ring guys. You know, as the in-ring in WWE just continues to get better and better and better, Chris Jericho's out there working Neville and Cesaro and Finn Balor and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and all these guys. And he wants to prove that he's still better than everybody. And his mind may think that his body usually doesn't catch up. And he went out there and had five stinkers with AJ Styles. And here he is with Dean Ambrose. And people like Dean Ambrose, but no one calls him the best in-ring wrestler in WWE. And their styles just meshed really well. And they went out there and had the best match that Chris Jericho's had in a long time. Um, well, I, go ahead. Okay. Well, look at the other three you mentioned. They're all high flyers. And Chris Jericho was trying to be a high flyer. He's no longer a high flyer. He needed, on this run, he needed to come back and have that kind of more mature, yeah. for lack of a better term, Triple H style. Because I, I don't really consider, I don't consider AJ Styles to be a high flyer. He has high flying moves, but he's not a high flyer. He does a lot more high flying moves, though, than your average superstar. So he's he gets over by doing athletic aerobatic move moves okay. so so yeah i consider him a high flyer in this case at least in the wwe parlance yeah sure. i do and to me jericho has that rob van dam problem where he's you know not as crisp on those moves anymore and, and is looking like he's doing them in slow motion and has kind of become a chris jericho tribute act so to speak i think pulling them out occasionally is great but he pulls them out in every match to the point where it goes eh we're not as impressed by that anymore. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't thinking that I was going to be super impressed with Chris Jericho here, um, but they did deliver. And, and again, first part of the match slow, and then it came back. Uh, so it, it's a guessing game who Chris Jericho is really going to mesh with now in WWE. I mean, Dean Ambrose, yes, AJ Styles, no. You can't just go by, oh, this wrestler's great. I'm sure he's going to have a great match with Chris Jericho. Uh, after tonight, your, your theory on Chris Jericho being the third guy with Anderson and Gallows, uh, it didn't come to pass tonight. Do you no. still think there's a chance of that happening or no? I think there's a chance, but I don't know. I really don't. They did. I'm, I'm, I got to give you credit for this is everyone and their mother and I included was talking about how tonight we were going to find out what Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson are doing, whether there's mm -hmm. a third guy with them, who they're aligned with. Uh, we were going to find out tonight. But no, they've pushed this to extreme rules. We have three more weeks where we're going to wonder what's going on with Anderson and Gallows and AJ Styles because we're going to have the rematch at Extreme Rules with AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. So they have three more Raws to kind of keep us guessing and, and find out maybe in New Jersey if we get a third man period or what's going to happen. We still have time for this. So you were the one waiting. Usually I'm the one who likes to wait. You were the one waiting to find out what happens at Extreme Rules, and that's when we're going to find out, most likely, uh, what happens with these two guys. Uh, Chris Jericho, where does he go from here if he's not going to be the third guy at Extreme Rules? 
on Twitter to see if he can get a match with Nakamura in Hawaii. It's true, isn't it? <laughs> Do you think he gets that match? Does Does Chris Jericho yes. versus Shinsuke Nakamura? Yes, yes, I think he gets the match. I think he has enough uh, stroke in the back to get it. I do. I think I think he'll get it. I think he'll get it for at least one of the one of the cards. I don't know if it's going to be the the special event, but he's gonna he's gonna get a match with Shinsuke Nakamura at some point on that tour. We got a lot of uh, we got a lot of comments coming in uh, at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, keep them rolling in because we're not doing the calls tonight. I apologize again. Uh, Head Cheese on the old Twitter machine asks if Stephanie and Shane are running uh, running Raw, who, if anyone, is in charge of SmackDown? Because the next segment I want to talk about, I want to talk about it before the women's match here. Uh, okay. Because we got this tweet coming in, and I want to get to it. Uh, we had the Vince Shane Stephanie segment, and it it probably went a little bit longer because they had time to fill instead of giving time to a match. They just decided to give time to the Vince segment uh, due to the injury to Enzo Amore. They go out there for 20 minutes. And at the end of the day, pretty anticlimactically, it was really weird seeing these guys go along in the ring. Um, Stephanie McMahon, brilliant, by the way, controlling the crowd on the microphone. I love Stephanie in this segment. She was the best of the three by far. Uh, she really controlled the ring out there. Uh, we had them going on forever. And then at the end of 20 minutes, Vince McMahon just says, you know what? You want the power? Both of you have it. And then music hits. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is, this is the, the decision, 2016. Stephanie and Shane are running raw. What do you think? I thought it was expected, to be honest with you. I, I'm not terribly surprised by this. Nobody's running SmackDown. It's, it's a it's raw. It's just a show. It's just a show. It's, it's, it's a raw recap with a few new matches. That's all it is. Um. <laughs> I found some things about that whole this whole 20 minutes disturbing in some ways. Like Stephanie feeling the need to wear heels that tall so that she could be taller than Shane. I <laughs> was a little I thought it was done on purpose. Let's put it that yeah, way. Maybe. Um Vince saying he wants to watch his kids disembowel each other. That was a little gross. It, it took a gross turn there towards the end, didn't it? Somebody's been watching I mean, it's obvious that when they mentioned it on the video package for WrestleMania Game of Thrones, somebody in power has watched it and has decided that we're going to be the Lannisters. Yeah. And, and to do that and, you know, with Triple H's Jamie probably in some way. I, I don't know. I, I You know, it's going to be one of those power struggles. Each, each McMahon's going to have their people somewhere in there i think and we're gonna have opposing sides and somehow it's gonna have to be i mean it's gonna be all drawn out week after week after week one's gonna get the one-upmanship on the other until it's settled and you know we'll see what that is because i don't think i just don't see shane as being a long-term character on this show it is weird that he's still there yeah yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't seem like much of a performer right now. He, he his presence is welcome in being an understated thing, but it seems like Stephanie's the one who wants to be the TV star here. So he has a business to run, doesn't he? No, he's being sued by that business. Remember uh -oh. for insider trading? Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, go back to being an insider in WWE, Shane McMahon. Uh, so now, uh. I have a couple of questions for you now with this okay. uh, Stephanie and Shane being in control tomorrow night. Kane and the big show are back. No. Oh, God. Yeah, I guess if, if for no other reason to put over guys that they don't want to lose, well, they was, don't want to lose. There's the theory, right? That Kane and the big show were off television to make raw better. This is a conspiracy theory out there. 
that Kane and the and, Big Show were off Raw to make it better so that Shane looked better. And now with Stephanie coming off, the show's going to suck? Like, I don't I don't know what the, the backside of this little conspiracy theory is, but uh, Kane and the Big Show have been gone for a little bit. They've been on main event. Oh, okay. Well, I, I hadn't heard that conspiracy theory at all. I just thought they were being oh, kept yeah. off so that once they come back, they're going to seem fresh, and then the guys they put them in there with. Yeah, you I don't. Know. You could keep them off for TV for a year. I don't think Kane and the Big Show are ever going to seem fresh, and that's not a knock no. on Kane and Big Show. They've just been around forever, yeah. so it's hard to seem fresh after after that long of a time. Here, here's my question. Now, now, do they do a thing where Shane runs it one week and then Stephanie runs it the next, or do they do a thing where one runs one hour, one runs another hour, or is it, or is it just we get to the point where it's like the main event where every every match one of them comes out at the end and they start one upping each other to the point where this thing just becomes oversaturated with stipulations and whatnot. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're gonna do. I mean, we got to yeah. find out. We can't. We can't guess. Or I mean, we can guess. But we can't say for sure. We haven't seen the experience yet. Tomorrow on Raw will be interesting. Now, this does mean probably 20-minute opening segments where they fight back and forth about what they want to do. They have to do some compromising. Um, what we saw tonight, though, gives me a clue that we're going to see a lot of one-upsmanship where yeah. one of them's going to make a match. The other one's going to add a step. The other one's going to add another step. The one, other one's going to make it a title match. The other one's going to make it a loser leaves town match. And the other one, and by the time this is all said and done, the main event of Raw in a couple of weeks is going to be John Cena versus Vince McMahon for the world title. Loser <laughs> has to go to TNA. Well, I'll tell you what turned me off of the segment the most was it was, as I put, we're, oh, we're getting the quarter one financial call as a as a talking segment on Raw. It's not about who's booking the better show. It's about network numbers and yeah. and viewership and like all the crap that nobody cares about except Vince McMahon we're getting on, on the TV screen right now. Yeah, they're they're not doing it. I mean, I like when Shane comes out and talks about the new talents and the freshness of his show, but right. then he goes one step too far. It's fresh because the ratings are so bad and and the show that everyone was enjoying. Hey, 3 million people who are watching Raw, that show you were watching last week sucked. Sorry. I was I was responsible for the bump in buys on the network due to WrestleMania and being in the match with The Undertaker. Does Triple H get involved, or is he going to be off TV for a while? I think he gets involved eventually. I still think he's going to be fighting Shane at some point. Because Vince McMahon gave Stephanie the power, not Triple H. So now, in a way, the authority is now Shane and Stephanie, but the authority is going to be infighting, and Triple H is just, like, the husband on the side? Like, you go. You you go, my corporate executive wife. Well, well, remember, as the feud gets more and more intense and they get angry at, at each other, Shane can't hit his sister. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. Um, what I think this also leads to is a couple of returns. Um, whether we see more debuts coming up, whether we see Orton and Seth Rollins coming back, that's going to play into this one-upsmanship. Like, who's going to bring back the biggest star and make the biggest impact? Oh, you're right. And then maybe eventually someone takes credit for bringing Cena back, too, even though he's been announced. That, that's true. He's been announced. But whose side is he on? Vince's, of course. And then we own. get a three-way. That's true. Oh, ooh. <laughs> Quite the three-way uh, three between those three. Uh, so let's talk about this women's uh, championship match. And... They brought back Montreal in a way. Bret Hart comes back. They can't. They can't resist. In a way. 
<laughs> he brought it back in a way. They, they cannot back the vengeance. What are you talking? They about? cannot resist. Bret Hart was involved. Uh, we have a match that was nowhere near as good as their NXT match. Nowhere near as good, and it almost felt like Charlotte and Natalia were both regressing. Uh, to enter this match, like it was, in some ways, just setting up the chops and the. I don't know how to explain it. It was just, it was wooden in a the lot match, of areas. The match didn't look real at all no, in, terms of, was, in terms of, like, they, every spot where Natty ended up having to do the double leg instead of just punching Charlotte as she was running towards her. It was so wooden. It was just it was so bad. bad. It was a bad match other than Charlotte's moonsault. And the ending just made it worse. I don't. If if this is the way to get rid of little Nate somehow, I, I'm I'm saddened by this fact that they're gonna make him the dirty ref because there's no coming back from that. Yeah. And, on. And, uh, go ahead. And you know it was just. Uh, I could just see you could just see how Brett really just was kind of eh, I'm here, and and Rick you know Rick's gonna be Rick at all times. He's gonna have that big shit eating grin for lack of a better term on his face and having fun. Brett just didn't want to be there, and especially not with a Montreal reference. It's almost like they have to spike the football every time. Yeah, so we have Little Nate uh, back in business. Charles Robinson, the referee, calling for the bell as Charlotte gets the sharpshooter on Natalia. Natalia doesn't tap, so now we have, you know, screw in the hearts again. But I don't know, is, is Charles Robinson another screwy ref? Because we always got Scott Armstrong who comes back to the screwy ref. Now we have Charles Robinson involved. Is this going to be a Ric Flair payoff? Is there some other higher power? Is Charles Robinson going into business for himself? Like what? I, I don't exactly know who is supposedly behind paying off Charles Robinson. Oh, Flair was. It, 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 they're going to be aligned or at least in some way, or at least Robinson's going to say my friendship with Rick and or eventually he's going to get beat up by Natty, I think. It's not going to be thought about uh, unless I bring it up here. I don't think anyone would think about it. Because maybe it doesn't matter. Uh, if if Charles Robinson's going to be an on-screen character with the Flares right now, this is the worst thing for the rest of his career. Yes. Because as a referee, I don't know if he can go back. I think he's now a character, and they can cut ties whenever they want to. There were rumors about Charles Robinson, you know, being let go a year ago, uh, or, you know, not any longer being a full-time referee. Uh, I don't know if... Maybe and maybe he wants to do something like this. Maybe he's wants to wind down. I don't know. But if, if he did, if he did, it's an appropriate choice. If he yeah, doesn't, his career's yeah. dead. Yeah. So I, I'm not saying it is him, a bad ask thing. Tim, ask Tim White. Yeah. Ask Danny Davis. Ask the Hebners. Yeah, I'm know, not saying it is a bad thing. But once you become a character here, you're you're fair game for all the negatives that come along with being a character. Uh, I at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. I tweeted out. Um, Kevin Owens posted a picture on his Twitter account. I've retweeted it of uh, him at the hotel room or not hotel room, but the hospital room of Enzo Amore. Enzo standing upright in his hospital gown, talking with big Cass, all suited up. So uh, Enzo Amore looks to be okay. And uh, Kevin Owens smiling after winning his match here at payback. So Enzo Amore. Okay. I wish they would have let the crowd know a little bit uh, earlier because they did didn't... They not. I don't think they made any type of on-screen announcement. I think, you know, Rich mentioned that, you know, he was there. Jerome Cusan of uh, PW Ponderings was there too. I don't believe they made any mention to the live crowd until possibly that very last time where they talked about uh, right before the main event. 
the Enzo yes, situation. And he's been released. Yeah. Okay. So people were probably finding out on Twitter. I'm sure everyone in that building was on their phones trying to figure out what was going on with Enzo. Uh, Cause you know, they could have been fearing the worst. Right. And they wanted to know what was happening. Um, I don't know. I worry. I worried about whether I should have brought this up or not, but I think it's a fair question. I don't think it's okay. bad. Like I'm thinking here, this happens and everyone's checking Twitter to find out what's going on and everyone's tweeting out pictures and they have to show replays because it's on the network. Everyone's going to see it anyway. If this war over the edge and the Owen Hart situation happens, can you imagine what that would have been like had it been happening in 2016 with Twitter, everyone posting pictures as they're showing video vignettes, pictures and video of this, you know, so everyone can see it. Apples and oranges, though, because Owen died. No, I know the end result, but if you take the end result out of it, because no one okay. knows the end result, you know, as it's happening, they just see him prone on the ground. They, they're fearing for the worst. They're, they're fearing that this could be major, as people were doing with Enzo. Well, okay, I'll compare it to something more uh, equal. At the Raw after Mania, most of us were on our phones looking to see if Sami Zayn was really hurt. I mean, it, it happens. Now, now with the uh, instant information, they expect someone to know. Yeah. And, and if, if someone knows, then you can tell everybody else, and then we can get back to watching the show. Mm -hmm. But, again, that's also the, the risk, not risk-reward, but that's kind of the good and bad of being in a what is generally a worked carny type of profession where sometimes think these things get faked. And you, you want to know. You also don't want to be looking like a dummy for thinking something was real when it wasn't. It's true. That's true. And and there were people, because I, I saw them all retweeted on Twitter here. Uh, there were people that thought this was fake. And yeah. I can imagine if I wasn't watching the show live and you tweeting me and you texting me, Enzo Amore hurt? And I reply, they fake injuries <laughs> now, Jeff. Yeah. They fake well, injuries I mean, now. That was the whole explanation for people thinking it was fake was, oh, they put on screen and they mentioned it and they're replaying it and they replaying and replaying. They kept showing replays. It. it was surreal. They kept showing because you know this isn't this isn't fake. This is a real and then man they who's mentioned, injured. And then they mentioned concussion, which they you know, which is a whoosh, don't don't say that on the air type of word. I and that's and that's an interesting thing too. They mentioned the concussion on the air, but in their mind and what they're thinking is, we got to say something. He was hurt. And a concussion is a lot better than paralyzed. A mm. concussion is a lot better than, you know, bad news that could have been coming. So in their mind, sure. concussion, good news. Because, you know, everyone everyone recovers from concussions, Jeff. So that, that was their good news. We had, uh, so... Maybe, maybe not as whole as they were, but they recover from it. We have people in the chat room thinking that Charles Robinson and this, uh, this won't even be played up with Charles Robinson tomorrow. That they'll just say someone paid him off and Charles Robinson won't be an on-screen character. You kind of okay. have to make him. Because otherwise, you have, to, otherwise you have a referee. Back, yeah. Otherwise, you have a referee who's now corrupt, refing all the other matches. Yeah. I you mean, that's Tim Donaghy out there refing matches. Well, you have Teddy Long out there when he turned on the varsity club. And it's like, well, wait, didn't he just turn? And then he becomes a manager eventually. But still, it's it's yeah, no, they have to bring it up. They may I think so. Fire, they may actually fire him on screen, to be honest with you, because of this. Like Shane they may could fire do the, him. They could do the exactly. firing on screen. Yeah, it, it seems like a low priority as far as what Shane oh. or Stephanie would have to be involved with. But Oh, but you know what? They could use this as part of the Shane-Stephanie thing. Where like one wants to keep him and one doesn't. 
I just, yeah, I just, it's so weird to keep this championship. Yeah. Because you're not going to, is Ric Flair going to bribe a ref every time Charlotte defends the championship? Every time? I don't know. Sorry, I was just checking another tweet, see what happened. Oh. Um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, it can be, you know, it can be like everything. They every angle is probably going to be interwoven through this McMahon storyline, mm-hmm. all of them. Yeah, which is, which is, I think, bad for us. But they're going to be seeing it, seeing it as a good thing because now ratings will go up because McMahon's equal ratings, and USA will be happy. USA is going to be happy. Indeed. You know who else is happy? Roman Reigns. He is still the WWE linear heavyweight champion, as well as the less important (laughs) WWE world heavyweight champion. Uh, AJ Styles beat Roman Reigns twice on this night, first via count out, then via disqualification. But the matches were restarted each time. And then Roman Reigns gets the pin. We had our interference with Gallows and Anderson. Uh, They interfered on behalf of AJ, but they were clever in the fact that AJ at times wasn't seeing the interference because AJ would be taken out and then Gallows and Anderson do their part. Uh, So we'll see on Raw that AJ will be learning of the interference from Gallows and Anderson when he told him uh, when he told him basically to stay out of it. Uh, They fought Roman Reigns. They're definitely not going to be aligned with Roman Reigns. I mean, that would be even more silly, even sillier at this point if that happened. Uh, I thought the match was really good. The two the two false finishes, the stoppages, uh, probably hurt the live crowd a little bit. It did sound like it hurt the live crowd a little bit. But then these two went into high gear and really kicked it off, and they were doing near fall after near fall. And overall, as a presentation, I thought this not only came off like a big main event atmosphere, bigger, I would say, than even Triple H and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Like, this came off as a huge, big-time match that everyone needed to pay attention to. And then it delivered after the fact. We got Roman Reigns winning, keeping the title, but immediate satisfaction for AJ Styles fans. He's going to get another chance. We have the main event for Extreme Rules already made uh, with AJ Styles and Roman Reigns. So overall presentation, the main event of Payback, yes or no? Yeah, I was fine with it. Um, I think compared to the WrestleMania match, there was more intrigue from the audience i think everybody at wrestlemania was kind of ahead of the game and they didn't they didn't give triple h any chance of winning it here the crowd bought into a couple of these aj finishes i didn't mind the uh the two stoppages it it made me you know put my head up and go whoa after the count out um you know it was kind of (laughs) like to me that was almost also the equivalent of being knocked out of my stupor so to speak in the uh undertaker brock lesnar match where you're just kind of watching and checking your phone and then all of a sudden the three count comes and you're like wait what how that happened kind of thing um all the interference i you know i would have liked a straight ahead match but it seemed obvious to me after this card started that there was going to be nothing that this was mostly set up for the next set of t- next set of raws to get to extreme rules that there was going to be no finality in all this. And then, actually, I think Extreme Rules is, once again, going to be a setup for, you know, whatever they start to do at SummerSlam. They're, they're still building towards the big three pay-per-views, so to speak. They're just using these other smaller pay-per-views as place setters to get there. Entertaining so place setters, though. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I, I had no problem. I think this may have been my favorite Roman Reigns singles match. Okay. Yeah. Out uh, of them all. Roman Reigns um, has put on a... He's building up quite the resume. I mean, the Daniel Bryan singles match. I like the Randy Orton singles match. Not everyone's a big fan of that one. One of his first singles matches after the uh, Shield disbanded. 
You know, I like the main event of WrestleMania 31, uh, the Brock Lesnar match before it became the three-way with Seth Rollins. I really enjoyed that one. And the match with Triple H was solid. It wasn't great, and it didn't have any heat, but it was solid. It wasn't nothing bad in that match. Roman Reigns is building up a lot, but uh, overall on this uh, pay-per-view, you're right. I mean, it capped off an incredible show. AJ Styles looked really good. The Chicago crowd was really behind him. And Roman Reigns didn't get crapped on as much as the Ryback did by this crowd. Now, the Ryback was really asking for it, and the Ryback was really trying to work them up. Uh, but it, it wasn't a a super negative reaction towards oh, Roman. I disagree. It wasn't as hey, big they, of a negative reaction as I, no, I th- but, may have thought. Well, you also got to remember Ryback's a heel, Roman's a face. It's all relative. I mean, this is your top baby face. I thought, and I thought on purpose, the, the beginning of this match, I thought they were actually trying to play up the is Roman, you know, when, when, every time they hit someone and, and they go out and they kind of like walk back and forth, that kind of pacing, it's like, ooh, who's the, which one of these two is the third man? Which one of these two is the third man? I thought they were going to continue to play up a possible Roman turn here because mm-hmm. it seemed like that's what they were doing at first, especially with all the, you know, the stalling that Roman was doing at first. Um, you know, I, 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 it wasn't a blow away match of the year contender, but it was still a very, very solid match. Very solid match. Um, AJ Styles, the match of Extreme Rules is going to be an Extreme Rules match. And this is where we kind of got the hinting of what Stephanie and Shane will do. One will, you know, one up the other. Stephanie mentions that they should do the match of Extreme Rules. Shane one ups and says it should be an Extreme Rules match. So this is another place where, you know, if Doc Gallows and Carl Anderson were trying to help AJ, they should probably just walk out there with him and just start beating up Roman when the bell rings. If they're on either of their sides, but we don't know that yet. We just know that, well, it just seems that way. Are um, we are we going to get three more weeks of people mm-hmm. wondering that Finn Balor is debuting at, at uh, Extreme Rules? Yes. Three more weeks of it, huh? Even though that Finn Balor versus Samoa Joe is likely for the next takeover. Balor is going to be the guy everybody wants. Everybody's going to work themselves into a shoot that it's going to be Balor being the third man. That that's what's gonna happen. Just for the Japanese connection, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, that's why I would do it. That's why I've been guessing that Finn Balor would probably be aligned with them. But oh, they could it? go, you know, somewhere completely different. They yeah. Go, they can go Baron Corbin. Not really. Mm, no, they can't. not really. It has Baron to be Corbin. McMahon's or someone high up. They're they're not gonna. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yeah, uh, but hey, three more weeks of uh, that. And then uh, after Extreme Rules, the next night on, uh, actually the week after Extreme Rules, on the Memorial Day Raw, John Cena's coming back, so we get the real push for what John Cena's going to do at, uh, at, ex- at uh, what, Money in the Bank? Maybe he'll be in another Money in the Bank ladder match and then find out what happens at SummerSlam. We They're have not putting to- him in that. Hey, they've done it before. Not at- off of an injury. That's true. But they did it to Daniel Bryan and Christian. <laughs> oh, yeah, well. And everyone well, else. Okay. And, uh, Sin Cara and everyone else. Sheamus. Everyone else gets to go in the ladder match after injury, but John Cena, they'll protect. Need to prove yourself that you're still reliable. Yeah. I assume, yeah, yeah. Enzo, I assume Enzo's going into this match also then. So after the fact, what was your favorite match in the show? Wow. Um... Give me a moment. And this is where I will will let you uh, take a moment. My favorite match on the show was Roman Reigns, AJ Styles. My favorite part of the show were the two match segments with the Intercontinental title match and the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. That whole deal that put together what will be a four-way at Extreme Rules. 
That was my favorite part of the show, that two-match segment. My favorite match individually in a vacuum was the main event, Roman Reigns and AJ Styles. You know what? I put the Owen-Zane match up just a little bit higher than the AJ-Roman match. Okay. Uh, we had uh, David Vixen's man on Twitter, at David Vix, uh, asked the question, was AJ Styles-Roman Reigns the main show match of the year so far? Because we haven't had a lot of really good one-on-one, you know, big-time matches on WWE TV. You know, Shinsuke Nakamura, Sami Zayn was excellent, but that was, of course, on NXT. I struggle to think of any match that's been better this year that I really think of at the top of my head that's been better on the main roster than what that AJ Styles-Roman Reigns match was. Now, of course, you might think Sami Zayn-Kevin Owens, as you think that was a better match for you, more enjoyable. Uh, But nothing on WrestleMania beat this, and I don't think anything on the Royal Rumble beat this either. You don't think, like, the women's triple threat didn't beat this? I don't think so. I think think that was really good, too, and that's a contender. Hmm. But I I enjoyed the AJ Styles-Roman Reigns match more. Trying to remember if there was anything on the Rumble card that and was, you can uh, have you can have really good matches with interference too. I mean, AJ Styles yeah. had a couple of really good matches in New Japan. Uh, he's had good matches in TNA. You can have good matches with interference. The interference, while it happened a lot on this show, may have lost interest for some people. Uh, it didn't lose any for mine. And you know, I asked a question in the chat room on the YouTube chat room, like. At any point in this match where you bought into AJ Styles possibly winning the title, and I will tell you what, Jeff, I agree. Uh, There was a near fall there after the phenomenal forearm, I believe it was. Mm -hmm. After the forearm, I thought they could have been giving the title to AJ Styles on the show. You know what? I think with that crowd, I think it's probably the best presentation of a main main card match um, all year because that crowd was really hot for it and it made you buy into those false finishes. So, yeah, I think there's a case to be made there. Dean Ambrose versus Kevin Owens was a last man standing match at the Royal Rumble. Oh, that I seen people really liked. Oh, oh yeah, no, I really, really love that. I'd match. have to watch it again. No, that actually, you know what? That that is my favorite match of the year. That one because that one was so so balls to the walls, great on every level. Austin in the chat room is asking point blank, who won, AJ or Roman? Roman Reigns won the match. He is the still remaining. WWE world and linear heavyweight champion. Uh, he beat AJ styles tonight. Um, I got to find out. Even though, even though I love, I love the thing. Someone tweeted me and said, Oh yeah. AJ won two falls. (laughs) The main one. So yeah. yeah. Hey, he got two, he got two victories over Mm -hmm. Roman reigns in a way. Um, the Wikipedia usually has match times, but I think there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of chaos on the Wikipedia for payback 2016. So they kind of broke it and froze it. So you none think? of the results are up there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I want match times and I can't find the match times. I think that AJ Styles main event all put together from the first bell to the last bell probably went a good 25, 30 minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, because it started at uh, started, I think, 25. Yeah. No, yeah, to it, about 55. It started early. Yeah. It started. Well, it was 1030, I think, when the first bell rang to end the match. When the uh, count out happened, it was 1030. Uh, so yeah. that went a long time. Uh, this is the docket. We are going to be live uh, later this week at Shake Them Ropes, uh, our usual Shake Them Ropes weekly podcast. We got Raw to talk about what's going to happen after tomorrow's Raw. We got our top 100 match to talk about. It is Ric Flair versus Kurt Hennig at uh, Raw in January of 1993. The January From Raw number three. Raw number three. Mr. Perfect versus Ric Flair, uh, January 18th. 1993 we're going to talk about that match so if you would like to uh, share your comments watch that match on the wwe network hit us up at shake them ropes 
You can live tweet us or DM us. The DMs are open. So if you don't want your thoughts to be public with your name, for whatever reason, you know, I give you the option. The DMs are open too. Beyonce, be all up in your DMs. Uh, Beyonce, unfortunately, is not okay. up in my much DMs. Like, much okay. like Xavier was. Because it all happens. All up in DMs. Everything goes down in the DMs. I know that, yeah. obviously. Uh, we are going to get to our Twitter question of the week. If you have a, a question that you want answered, whether it's WWE-related from this pay-per-view or from Raw or anything in the lives of Jeff or myself, uh, you can get the Twitter question of the week. Tweet at Shake Them Ropes or, again, DM the account at Shake Them Ropes. We're going to talk about Eric Young coming into NXT. WWE.com broke the story from the tapings on Thursday. Eric Young of, uh, of Team Canada fame. Don't fire Eric. Don't fire Eric. Yeah, well, he quit. And he showed up to NXT <laughs> on Thursday. So we're going to talk about Eric Young in NXT and some of the other NXT stuff. We are also <laughs> going to talk about the road to Extreme Rules because we'll have one of the three Raws done. Uh, for Extreme Rules. So likely we'll have pretty much, I would think, the whole card, the whole important part of the card. We're going to have that tomorrow on Raw. Nothing but rematches. Nothing but rematches. And it may be. You know, anyway, you know, we thought that going in, right? Nothing but rematches. But yeah, I did not expect a four-way to happen. I don't know what's going to happen with the tag team scene now with the injury to Enzo. I don't know what's going to happen with the Dudley boys. Because you got to, you know, I thought that we were going to see Enzo and Cass versus the Dudleys in a tables match at Extreme Rules. But now that looks out of the question. So. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of reshuffling, a little bit of the reshuffling uh, on that show. Um, should we bring back the NXT power rankings this week? I think this shows this show was a bad one to do it for. I was disappointed in NXT because I thought we were going to get Joe Balor in its entirety and we just got a clip. I'm kind of mad about it. All right, so I'll just <laughs> give it now. Number one, Alex Riley. Alex Riley, yeah. my number one in the NXT power rankings. Uh, but that is all coming later this week. I want to thank everyone again for watching our live show in the YouTube uh, chat room and at VoicesOfWrestling.com. The video will be on demand as soon as this episode ends. Uh, the audio will be up later tonight on Sunday, early Monday morning. Uh, for those listening via the audio feed, if you are not a subscriber yet to the podcast, go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash STR. Go into this show's page you have all the links to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, RSS, Downcast, Spreaker. Every single option is available. And if you are a YouTube uh, subscriber, go ahead and leave us a comment. Like the video. If you're an iTunes subscriber, please leave a rating and review. Hopefully that you are entertained by the show. Uh, despite any type of audio issues that we may have had on this episode, we'll try and fix those for the future. Uh, if you are just a fan of Jeff's laugh, which I know got a lot of people. I we got some praise on last week's episode of your laugh, Jeff Hawkins. Oh, as did we, we as we struggled Where? as we struggled to get Joe Gagney on the line three separate times in the show. Completely lost it. I completely lost. You it on completely the third lost. Time. Well, you know, you know, we had Celia Bloom of uh, of the Talking Sheet podcast was a big fan of Jeff Hawkins and the struggles to get Joe Gagney, as were others. You know, we had some feedback. Uh, yeah, uh, we have Barry Hess in the chat room wants an STR theater. I have a feeling that Stephanie and Shane are going to give us some ammo for an STR theater in the future. I have a feeling. We'll see. We'll see. I had an idea, too, that now we know that Enzo is okay. An STR theater of Enzo and Big Cass arriving back in Florida with Carmella greeting them at the airport. Oh, jeez. 
<laughs> we'll we'll work on something. I gotta come up with all these bad impressions in 24 hours. Let's I'm face so it, your Carmela impression is gonna sound the exact same as your Alexa Bliss impression, no, and no. my big cast impression will sound the exact same as my regular voice because I can't do impressions. Oh yeah, no, well no, they're supposed to be bad. So I'm trying to think of what would be the opposite of Enzo. You'd this be, like, this is my uh, British, this is, British yeah. pop or something like that. This is my limited big cast impression. You can't see this on video right now, but the viewers can. I'm just pointing to the ceiling. Oh, is that how you're doing? That's my limited big cast impression during the entrance. Just pointing to the to ceiling. Get, they have to get French existentialist Ryback in there about what he was doing in Chicago. I don't know. I'll we think might, about it. We might talk about this commercial, too, because a lot of people have been wanting us to talk about it. Tonight's not the right forum. Mon Tuesday's the right forum. You know, my primary is on Tuesday, too, so who knows if I'm even going to be available. I mean, I got to go campaign for Bernie, right? Is that what a young person like myself is supposed to do? Or I'm over 30 now, so I, am I not technically young anymore? I don't know. I don't know either. I feel old, like my foot hurts. If my foot hurts, that means I'm old, right? We need to make Shake Them Ropes great again. Make Shake Them Ropes great again. <laughs> you need a hat, and that's the one you can eat. But people there you wanna, go. People, uh, people want us to talk about the two bugs having sex in the Extreme Rules commercial. What? Have you seen this Extreme Rules commercial? No. Oh, you got to go watch the Extreme Rules commercial. Is that what they were talking about? Okay, I saw yes. something about that. I thought that was from Camp WWE. No, go watch the Extreme Rules commercial. Two Rick bugs. Flair had two. sex with a female grizzly bear. Yeah, just two bugs are having sex. Two so, bugs are having sex, and they put that on. It, it's supposed to sell a pay-per-view or sell the network for free. You can either watch two bugs have sex, or you can watch WWE Extreme Rules. The choice is yours. That Those are your only be, two options. That might be Shake Them Ropes Theater. After the two, the after effects of the two bugs. Oh no, 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 no. The the actual shoot of, oh, of, God. The, of the commercial. Oh yeah. The, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Hate giving this guy ideas. Hate giving this guy ideas. But we will be back with Shake Them Ropes later this week. Again, thanks everyone for viewing, for watching on the live stream. We will be back with new Shake Them Ropes later at voicesofwrestling.com slash STR. Thanks again, everybody. Here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.